Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. All right, that means you're listening to the Mystery of Parenthood by that song, and um, we're glad you're here. And so we'll begin as we always do, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life through your Son Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity. Grant that every family on earth may become, for each successive generation, a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you who is life, truth, and love with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray for us. St. John Paul II, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. So, I guess this can be the last show before a few... Uh, of the last, of the last new show of the year. Yeah. So um, anyway, we're trying to wrap this up. So run we an start encore next new, week. Encore next week, and I think the next week after that, mm-hmm. the beginning of the new year, and then we'll a Christmas break, if you will. A Christmas break, if you will, which will be good. Hopefully, there'll be one out there that'll be uh, worth listening. Oh, there's to. plenty. Don't so. don't 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 downgrade yourself. Like oh that. no no. Stop it. Uh, Stop it. Anyway, hope it's beneficial. I'm going to do my best so that we can kind of sort things up um, to get through this. So there's a lot to cover, but we're continuing with Familiaris Consortio by John Paul II and um, written back in the early 80s. And we were talking about the the tasks, uh, the four um, general tasks of the family uh, and their role, the role of the Christian family in um in society, and so we've gone through and spent a long time on number one, which was forming a community of persons, and then we spent, I think, the last two on the number two task, which is serving life. And today, I'm I'm afraid to say it, but I'm going to try to get through three and four. And the reason is, I think three has some good points, but it's it's relatively small compared to the other. The only problem is four has got a lot of really good stuff. So uh, so the third one that we're going to start with is participating in the development of society. And then four is sharing in the life and mission of the church. And that's the one that we may struggle to get We're just going to skim. We're just going to skim over. We're just going to give you, a, we're give you to an introduction. Through. We're not going to try to... I tell I, I think to read, I think it's, I mean, I, I, you know, John Paul II can be difficult. Um, I don't think this is too difficult. I mean, I think there might be some things. Hopefully we've been able to shed some light on, on it. Um, as we were doing last week's show, I mean, I remember thinking, wow, this is, I mean, I'm uncovering as we're it's talking just so through rich. it. There's, it's, yeah, it is. It's rich. It's, it's just chock full of really cool stuff and and if you prayerfully go through it i think it'll it'll help so um anyway this is just to do that so so the third task is for the family to participate in the development of society and it starts with a quote um i believe it's from from vatican II. it says since since the creator so the the title of the first section uh, under participating in the development of society is the family is the first and vital cell of society. And so it begins with this quote. It says, since the creator of all things has established the conjugal partnership as the beginning and basis of human society, the family is the first and vital cell of society. And I think that points 
you know, we talked so much last week about the relationship of of man and woman, and and even in their sexuality, how they live that out overflows into how and helps them live out in other aspects, um, how they take care of each other, how they how they take care of their children, how they look at the world, and this idea of self gift and the kind of overflowing. Um, into other things. I think this is an extension of that. And the the church is always put at the center. The individual is not the cell, is not the first and vital cell of society. It's not the individual, it's the family. And so this is kind of a challenge to us as family members because it, while it does talk about what's going on within the family, this is pointing us to kind of go beyond the confines of of our family. So the the, the next thing is the the final. I mean, the family as has vital and organic links with society, since it it is the foundation and nourishes it cur- continually through its role of service to life, which is tied back to to number two. It is from the family that citizens come to birth, and it is within the family that they find the first school of the social virtues that are the animating principle of the existence and development of society itself. That's why it's the that's why it's the cell. It's what he's saying is what happens in the family is in particular as we as we talked about it, the the two aspects of serving life is the transmission of life. But then it's also um, the education of the life that comes from that. And this is why it uses um, the word school, <laughs> is that in, it's in the family that children and, and even parents are meant to learn about, learn the virtues, patience, uh, humility, uh, go down the list, courage. <laughs> To, to live to live out um, their faith in that, and that's where it happens. I think it was G.K. Chesterton said, said something like that. If you can't if you can't love and care for you know old Uncle Uncle Leo, anybody out there named Leo, I'm not talking about you, but <laughs> but but if you can't love him and he's in your family, then what's to help you to love somebody outside your family? It, basically, saying that. That's where we're meant to learn those thing, those things. So, and then he carries on, which is this extension. This is far from being closed in on itself. The family is by nature and by vocation. So by the very essence of what the family is, this communion of persons, and by vocation, meaning vocation is kind of a passive, it's, it's a call from from God, it's open to other families into society and undertakes its social role, and so um, very important to to remember that. So that's laying that that's the first and vital soul. The second, I mean, vital cell of of society. The second heading is family life as an experience of communion and sharing. So again, it's like everything else. Catholic, Catholic takes takes our humanity seriously. So it's not just about ideas. It's not just about thinking about things. It's actually about living them out concretely day to day. And so this one says, he says, the very experience of communion and sharing that should characterize the family's daily life represents its first and fundamental contribution to society. So he's pointing back at actually the family and saying, your first contribution to society is what you do with within your family, right? I mean, so it's not a disconnect like, okay, this is my family and this is how I'm going to handle this from this is how I'm going to impact um, the, the society with, within which I live. And I think that's, that's important. It kind of shows us that's where it all begins, Right. Yeah. I think if you go down a couple paragraphs, I'm sure you're going to get here. What stands out to me is that he writes how the authentic and mature communion between persons within the family is 
the first and irreplaceable school of social life, an example and stimulus for the broader community relationships marked by respect, justice, dialogue, and love. And I think you look out on our society, and we are a society in which family breakdown is is endemic, and it is accelerating in all um, across all demographic groups, and we have a consequential, a consequent breakdown of respect, justice, dialogue, love. People right. are losing, they're, they don't have access to that first and irreplaceable school of social life because they're not being raised in intact, functioning, loving families. Right, and that's that's why families are so, so important because it, it's exactly that, that that's where you you learn it and if you've got whole families and groups of people that are not being raised and and taught those things right. where are they going to get it, it earlier he he points out it is from the family that citizens come to birth and it is within the family that they find the first school of the social virtue so gov- it's not the state that does that it's, it's not the, the it's not the laws it's not the it's not the government it's not it's, the schools it's not the schools it's not it's it is the family that is meant. If the family's not doing those things, then the state, the law, the schools are going to try to step in and bridge the gap. And the problem is, and is they're going to come with their own right and the vices. Pro- and the problem with that is that th- the way to learn, as we talked about last week, is by witnessing up close and personal, concretely, as a child, the relationship between a the father and the mother. Mm-hmm. Right there, there, and and that that relationship of the father and mother flows from the way they look at their mission to serve life as the transmission of life, but then the education of the life that they receive, and so there's no way that a government entity can provide that, and and in fact that that speaks to the fact that in reality the way God has set it up is He made man and woman in his image and that that's the way he intended for him to communicate himself concretely to future generations. And to the extent that we break down the family or break down marriage is the extent to which a society is going to begin to fall apart. Mm-hmm. And there might be exceptions of here course. and there to this rule, but a bureaucrat is never going to love a child better than the, their mother and father. 100%. I mean, in, yeah, like you said, a there bureaucrat are exceptions. is never going to love a dying uh, grandparent better than that, that grandparent's children. Exactly. We're meant, we're meant to be family. And so I think just right after that, um, he says that the the family is thus the place of origin and the most effective means of humanizing and personalizing society. And that's it. The dehumanization of of people and of life, you know, happens when the family's not doing its job. That's where we learn how to forgive. That's where we learn not everybody's perfect. That's where we learn people make mistakes. That's where we learn we need to take care of those who can't take care of themselves. That's where we learn. I mean, that's, that is the place. And if you think about it in every circumstance, it doesn't matter where you're teaching in evangelization or just in a classroom, the smaller the class, the better. I don't I mean, relative to a big group, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, you know, a group of four to 12 is a is a better thing than a group of 100 right that are getting it because they get close access to those who are helping to pass it on and so um anyway it goes it goes further and it says you know it makes it it makes an original contribution in depth to the building up of the world by making possible making possible a life that is properly speaking human in particular by and these again by guarding and transmitting virtues and values, and so yes, and again, that that's another thing about the closeness of it. If 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 parents are are doing their best, they're watching their kids and they're saying, "Oh, this one is having a problem with this particular virtue or the circumstances in which they find themselves." And so you're dealing with those situations 
on a practical level, not in general, in a specific situation with a specific child, right, as they go up. And that's where, that's where the best learning, it, it, any teacher, if you're teaching calculus, that's the best way for mm-hmm. somebody to learn is say, oh, you're having a problem with this. Let me show you how to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's where it is. So should we move on yeah, to let's the go to, social and yeah, political? Yeah, social and political role. You know, the social role of the family certainly cannot stop short at uh, at procreation and education. So he's pointing back to procreation and education are the second task, right? That's the that's that is the um, serving life. Mm-hmm. But he says it's, that's not enough. Families uh, can and should devote themselves to manifold s- social service activities, especially in favor of the poor, or at any rate for the benefit of all people in situations that cannot be reached by public authorities, welfare organization. So it's not enough. And, and, and the church would say, it's not enough for us to just say, well, you know, those people are going to take care, (laughs) take care of that. Right. Mm -hmm. You have to be looking for the ones that fall outside or unable to gain access to aren't, aren't, um, capable of getting the help that they need and try to reach out to them. So like I said, you know, in the past, and it's best when you can do that with your, with your children. I've had a few instances where I've been able to bring, um, I've run across somebody, you know, this was Christmas years ago, but, but ran across somebody who had some, um, kids and grandkids and didn't have, didn't have, and they were living basically day to day in a hotel and got to know them and, and to bring the kids along uh, to have them help pick out, you know, maybe a gift for somebody their own age or whatever. And to bring them to see and to to get that experience of serving somebody mm-hmm. who's way less fortunate mm-hmm. than us. And I found with my kids that have that have gone on mission to all different places, Honduras, Haiti, um, Africa that they are they are always taken aback by by the fact that wow I didn't know how <laughs> how easy I had it so much so I think it's a good thing yeah. for 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 people to see that there are those who are lacking so um anyway um again it always goes uh concrete you know concrete efforts so to the extent that it's possible to include your kids or your family. I still to this day remember when when we went to a family when I was a, um, in high school. My parents took us and we went, and the father had was um, incarcerated, and they had nothing, and we brought presents to their house and went and met and met them and sat and talked with them for a little bit, not oh, just yeah. dropping off presents. And yeah. still something I remember, um, and that was a long time ago at least 40 years. So I'm good to remember while I can because <laughs> my brain is not, is not. Um, so, and again, I, th- I think it goes back to some, to some um, scripture verses, which I think, you know, to practice hospitality, which I think is in Hebrews. You know, I think we have that up there to practice hospitality because you, know, you might, actually be entertaining angels, you know, Uh Uh, I think that's in maybe Hebrews 13 or something like that. And then also, this is another one that I think is, is really important. You know, Christ um, says, whoever gives to one of these little ones, even a cup of cold water, because he is a disciple. Truly, I say to you, he shall not lose his reward. So I think it's also important for us to tie, not that we're just doing good things, but that we're doing good things because that's what Christ would have us do. Right. So, um, anyway, there was a couple lines in the, in this section also saying about how, you know, they need, we need to take first steps. Uh, basically it says, you know, families need to be involved in fighting for family in terms of legislation and other things like that, because that if we don't, then, then we'll end up being the first to actually, be hurt by it. So like, if we don't do it, then they'll do it. Um, I wanted to, to go back up to 44 real quick. The, the, uh, the second yeah. paragraph. Uh-huh. And he talked about families devoting themselves to manifold social service activities. Um, 
for the benefit of all people in situations that cannot be reached by the public authorities' welfare organization. And I'm not trying to elevate myself above Pope John Paul II in, in any way, but it kind of feels to me, or it seems to me like, that really what that paragraph should be saying is the public authorities' welfare organizations should be stepping into the gaps that can't be covered by the charity and generosity of churches, private, you know, voluntary associations, families, neighborhoods. You know, that's, you want such a rich civic life that, it's the government's just covering those gaps that can't be covered. I th- I, yeah, I think he would rather probably, than I'm, the opposite way around. I don't want to speak for for him either. However, I think he probably would agree with that 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 we're meant to be the ones that are actually reaching out, and the government is to cover the things that are falling. And that the falls cracks. more in line with that Catholic understanding of subsidiarity and, and yeah. And he talks. In fact, the the next section. It was interesting, uh, before we go on, it says families should grow in awareness of being, and I love this, of protagonists Yes, at, at what is known as family politics yes. and assume responsibility for transforming society. You're really convicted um, about just have have we done and, you know, have I, we, meaning my cash and family, done enough, you know, for that. And um, but the idea that we're we're meant to be those that are actually going—it's not like well, it's not bothering me, it's not impacting me. So uh, <laughs> I got too much to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's more of a call to really being out there and have it overflow. And he at the end of that section says the Second Vatican Council a, a, appeal to go beyond an individual ethic. There therefore also holds good for the family just as as such so talking to i guess it was talking about individuals mm-hmm. not not being individualistic but kind of going out that families just like people are meant to actually engage in that and not just kind of fall in or focus in on itself alone yeah so um i think you're starting to see more of that uh to today, maybe amongst um, amongst conservatives, Republicans, uh, social conservatives, sort of feeling like they need to hold the the leaders of the of the GOP more responsible for being attentive to passing legislation and and being supporting policies and pushing for policies that that protect the family that that foster right. the family. And I and I think, you know, it's like anything else. I think ultimately, you know, the the grassroots stuff while it seems relatively condensed like I, you know, the cash and family can only meet reach so many people while taking care of its own responsibilities. Mm-hmm. But if everybody kind of reached out or to the people that came across their path. Mm-hmm. So I, I think probably, honestly, Watts, I do think it's very important to be engaged in politics. I think ultimately a lot of people say, well, you know, I don't have any connections. I don't want to get involved in that. And I, don't, and I think the church would say, well, you, really what you need to get involved with is the person down the street who's having a problem or the person right. in your neighborhood that's having a problem. So, um, Anyway, it, the the next section, um, the next section of this goes, and I and I think I actually seen a document. I've seen a document called this. He lists the the um, charter, <laughs> it, basically the charter of um, family rights. And there's this long list. We're not going to go through them all, but um, some of them seem almost like. Wow, but I guess there are societies where it's that's not the case. They have the right to exist and progress as a family is one of them. Uh, they have the right to exercise its responsibility regarding the transmission of life and to educate their children. So there's so again, this is the this is the case. He's calling us to that, but he's saying you have a right to that if somebody's taking taking it away from you. Um, the intimacy of conjugal and family life. 
um, right, the stability of the bond and the institution of marriage. And again, you can begin to see some of the underpinnings of of politics and actual legislation that's going that's striking at that. I mean, that right to the stability of the bond and of the institution of marriage. I mean, that would that would strike at divorce right. laws, and it would also strike at laws that change the definition of the institution of marriage. 100%. And, and again, if you have the Catholic understanding of what marriage and family is, it's the vital cell. Right. And, I mean, if you think about a cell and a body, I mean, that's what makes up the whole that's why he could say, I don't even know if it was in this, but, you know, as the family goes, so goes society. It's what's going on in the family that, that matters. And so they really have to have a, a sense. And I think in this section, he does mention subsidiarity, that subsidiarity just for lack of a, 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 a technical definition means that the government should only, again, like you said, kind of jump in to kind of fill in the gaps and help, but that if a family has the ability to um, make certain decisions, that the family should be the one making those decisions, not have it made for them. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyway, Mm -hmm. right to form associates of families, um, housing suitable for a living family, those type of things. Uh, it, it, it's a right to wholesome recreation, which, you know, I mean, just stuff like that I don't think about, but I, but I assume there are places where that's, that's not. Uh, I think you could see, you could see that right to wholesome recreation of a kind that also fosters family values. Um, we shouldn't be living in a society where um, social media and electronic devices are, are ripping the innocence away from, our children, right. and, and there's ah, no there's no protection from them, um, f- no protection from those devices and companies who who want to exploit them, frankly, and right. and destroy family. They destroy the values of of families. Right. They destroy the integrity and the stability of families. Yeah, and I, and I think you're dead on right on that one. The the other one, you know, the the right for the elderly to have a worthy life and a worthy mm. and a worthy death. Um, I don't think so much is focused on like quality of life, but just to even die in a dignified manner. You know, yeah. Let's with, look at what people. happened with with COVID, where yeah, where people were dying by themselves without family around. Right. I mean, it was it was awful. And family likewise being denied the opportunity to be with that that loved one. And, right. and say goodbye to them and be with that person as they as they uh, pass from this life. Yeah, and so anyway, but th- there's a long list there um, of a lot of things, and I think they bring out good points, but they're, some of them are, seem like they're like, oh, of course, but <laughs> you don't need a right for that. But, but, but in fact, I think you do. Um, I, I think that the, the idea of the, the sacrament of marriage and it being a sacrament, he goes on to kind of point – to, um, you know, in the section on uh, the f- Christian family's grace and responsibility by taking up uh, the human reality of love between husband and wife in all its implications, the sacrament of marriage gives to Christian couples and parents a power and commitment to live their vocation as lay people. Again, as a sacrament, one of the most important things to know about a sacrament is a sacrament is there to objectively give us grace and grace empowers us because it's a a participation in the very life of God. And so it, it lifts up our nature. It elevates our nature and, and gives us the grace to be able to do things that we cannot normally do or would not be able to normally do. So Um, I was just going to mention that I did a quick little uh, Google search and I did find that, Actually, on October 22nd, 1983, the Vatican probably. published the Charter of the Rights of the Family. And I, that probably must have flowed from and this. It fl- yeah, flowed it, from uh, Familiaris from, Consortium. From this one, I'm, I think he was asking for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Interestingly, pr- yeah, presented on what would be his eventual feast day. Oh, wow. October 22nd. How about that? <laughs> Providential, I guess. Uh, 
I would that's stuff that, that doesn't surprise me when you hear it. So uh, let's see. Um, it's a and this is and again it's funny we've talked about the families the domestic church. He says insofar as it is a quote unquote small scale church. Uh, I guess that's his. That was a quote. I don't know if that's just the way he's. That's an individual quote, or if that's coming from something. But I think pointing that the Christian family is called upon, like the large scale church, to be a sign of unity for the world, and in this way to exercise its prophetic role by bearing witness to the kingdom of and peace of Christ. Um, so anyway, that was that section on that, just saying that we're called to do that, and then I'm going to move on to the fourth task, the last task that he laid out, which was um, on sharing in the life and mission of the church. And so um, now let me, let me look at, let me look at what I highlighted here. Um, talking about how this, this link between, between the church, the, the many profound bonds linking the church and the Christian family and establishing the family as a church in ministry in miniature, which ecclesia domestica, which I, that would be the domestic church. So uh, I guess that maybe that's the literal translation. Uh, translation. So as that, it, it, in its own way, the family is the living image and historical representation of the mystery of the church. And again, the idea of a sacrament as being kind of a sign. And in in a sense, the family becomes a sign of the church. So kind of what we see about the church, what we know both outwardly and what we know um, invisibly, mm-hmm. church, Christ is the center of the big church. Christ should be the center of small church. Christ, the, the big church, large scale church is meant to be a, a place of prayer and worship. So also, the family should be a, their place of prayer and worship. It's a place where we go get um, forgiveness and ask for forgiveness and receive forgiveness. The home is meant to be a place where when we make mistakes, we can seek and receive forgiveness. So that idea that the church is kind of a, again, as God has deemed so, he's given us as humans such a tremendous role and really not only humbled himself by allowing that, but also put things at risk because there are bad examples out there. And often even, even in families that attempt to do well, have moments of bad example, which I could attest to yes. multiple yes. times so, for myself. So um, anyway, um, anyway, uh, moving on, it's, he's got here, the church reveals to the Christian family, it's true identity what it is and should be according to the Lord's plan. By celebrating the sacraments, the church enriches and strengthens the Christian family with the grace of Christ for its sanctification to the glory of God. By the continuous proclamation of the new commandment of love, the church encourages and guides the Christian family to the service of love so that it may imitate and relive the same self-giving and sacrificial love that the Lord Jesus has for the entire human race. So saying the church is giving is giving to us, encouraging us, strengthening us, guiding us. If we follow the guide of the church, what we need to actually be able to put it into practice in our families. And then that's how God's going to communicate concretely. It's the same, you know, it's the same thing as my, my wife, especially when we were younger, you know, I, I grew up in a family that says, I love you all the time. Right. I mean, the words come out frequently but ultimately my wife said, you know, you, you don't have to tell me so much as you need to show me. <laughs> and I think that's what Jesus does. And I think that's what he asks us to do is not to just say, I love you or I'm praying for you, but to actually do something concretely to show that you love, right? That's the way, that's why it's taken so, it's so human <laughs> that it happens in concrete circumstances in, in, with concrete people. Mm-hmm. It's not some mind game or something like we just learn and say that. And then we go live something else. The challenge is the living it out. Right. So, um, yeah. And, and then he goes on to say something, I think really profound that the Christian family 
in its own way, uh, is a sharer in the saving mission proper to the church. By virtue of the sacrament, Christian married couples and parents in their state and way of life have their own special gift among the people of God. They not only receive the love of Christ and become a saved community, but they are also called upon to communicate Christ's love to their brethren, thus becoming a saving community. Right, and and, 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 he, and what he says, it's in their state, which is the married state, right, and way of life. So what, the, what you're living right now, the stuff you're going through day to day, the way you handle the person checking out at the register, at the grocery store, the way you handle your kids in, in front of those people, all those things are, it's in the midst of that. It's not what he's saying is it all matters. And probably chiefly among that way of life being uh, um, uh, stability, um, permanence in the bond of marriage, and openness to life and, and making, those, um, making those children be the... Um, well, calling back to those first two tasks, right? The, the transmission of life and the cultivation of life. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, moving down a little bit further, I think, but again, what, what you're hearing here is very Christian, that, that what we believe has, has got to be translated into a transformed life, and that while it, it is oftentimes outside of what would even be expected by normal people sometimes, I mean, people in secular circumstances right. that are not faith-based or faith-driven, that, that we're called to show the world that that's the case. I mean, I, you know, um, I've always been amazed and it's been pretty cool because I've always thought what well, all the people that came to, to our house during the time, and if you come watch videos of us when they were little, I mean, I'd forgot them, but I redid them last Christmas for Stephanie and, oh, nice. and to see on digitally and, and, and to see the chaos it was i mean i don't remember it that way but like i'm going oh my gosh i mean it's like a madhouse yeah i mean just seeing the that, seeing that makes the me happy to hear you say that, that no no so that's, I, I'm, I mean, I'm living that right now right well I, but even you know looking back it's like i don't remember that um and and all the people who are around all the young people i used to always say i'm afraid we've scared them from ever ever having kids. And the cool thing is all of them not only had kids, they had kids early. Um, and I've always said it's because, well, if those idiots can do it, <laughs> then, then it can't be that hard. But, uh, but anyway, I, I think again, if we realize that that's our role is, is by just living out our life and struggling and failing and asking forgiveness and going back and forth and just living it out as God sends it to us. God send the circumstances, the children, whatever's going on yes. to live that yes. out is exactly where the gospel is lived and people will see it mm -hmm. and then be encouraged by that. So, um, and again, I'm going to, I only pointed out this out because again, it's getting back to sacramental. He, he actually ends this section and says the Christian family is a fruit and sign of the supernatural fecundity of the church. It stands also as a symbol, a witness, and a participant in the church's motherhood. But that whole idea of sign and realization, like invisible, you know, that we make the invisible visible through our lives. Yeah. And that's what, it's a sign, but it's also a fruit of what the church has given us in the grace of the sacrament and of the sacraments. Well, I think you're going to love this paragraph on 40. I'm it's sure. The, it's the first full paragraph on 40. Yeah. The Christian family also builds up the kingdom of God in history through the everyday realities that concern and distinguish its state of life. It is thus in the love between husband and wife and between the members of the family, a love lived out in all its extraordinary richness of values. And that what you saw on that video is that was extraordinary richness. Right, right, <laughs> exactly. Uh, of values and demands. Among other things. To totality, oneness, fidelity, and fruitfulness that the Christian family's participation in the prophetic, priestly, and kingly mission of Jesus Christ and of his church 
finds expression and realization. So, so that, that totality, oneness, fidelity, and fruitfulness is actually him pointing back to, to the understanding of what the marital act, the conjugal act between right. a husband and wife that can lead to the production of a child. Mm-hmm. That's exactly that. Right. That so it's not like just in 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 the act itself, but it's meant to f- overflow into that. I had done that. The totality, meaning all of me, self gift of everything, right. unity, the oneness, fidelity, meaning I'm faithful, mm-hmm. and fruitfulness. I'm open to life, and that's what the act is meant to be, and that's supposed to overflow in the way we live out that. And I think it's mm. it, it's really important to kind of point that. These ideas that that kind of underpin the understanding of human sexuality properly, that it requires faithfulness and or fidelity and openness to life and unity, that underpin that is actually meant to bear fruit to where that's what it shows in everyday life, not just in that act, but in the existence of the family yeah. and that extension. By the way, listen— really important. Those are also things that are part of being in the image of God, right? God is total. He's one. He's faithful, not to himself. He's faithful. And in that self-giving and oneness and and unity, fruitfulness, so life and love is there, communion and love. And so again, we're made in his image and likeness. Um, I got there's some great ones, um, but but I think also what you were pointing out there, which is true, it's it's in their own circumstances. It's in their own circumstances. Um, so yeah, anyway, and, and at the end of that paragraph, he also says again the saving mission of the Christian family. I just don't think about. I don't think often enough about the salvific mission that my family has. And and the amazing thing is what I'm saying, what I think he's saying is it's just attempting to live it out Mm -hmm. that shows all the aspects in, I'm not saying that that's the only thing. I mean, you gotta be, you gotta be ready to give a reason for the hope that's within you among the madness, you know, Mm -hmm. but, but, but at the same time, you have, you have to recognize that it's in and through those concrete ways in which you witness and and struggling to try to live that out and struggling to love each other as, as husband and wife and struggling to deal with issues with your children, to love them as well. That's exactly where the mission comes because it's, it's, it's all encompassing because it's not just the witness itself, but when you try to do that, and that's why we've always said, look, do your best. God's given you the grace. So Take seriously the fact that he's calling you, if he's provided you with children, to educate those children. Take a shot at it. The, the grace of the sacrament, coupled with a person who's open to trying, is going to provide you with with the means that you may not think you have. If you wait till you think you have them, you've missed the opportunity. So jump in with both feet, trusting that God has got a plan that way. So at the end here, he actually goes on and 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 talks about the um the family as basically priest, prophet and king. And it's interesting he kind of defines those terms. The first one is as as a as um prophet. I'm sorry, he actually goes prophet, priest and king. So the first one is uh the Christian family as a believing and evangelizing evangelizing community which would be the prophet right? The prophet part, which is always tied to delivering the truth to the world in love. That, that's, that is, that is what that is. So, um, again, Christian family using his words, Christian family fulfills this prophetic role by welcoming and announcing the word of God. It is thus, it thus becomes more and more each day a believing and evangelizing, evangelizing community. There's this idea of gradualness, which I think is really cool that you're, that, in living this out, you continually, to the extent that you try to be faithful and turn back around when you fall off, you're moving that direction. God is moving you that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, he just says, that, you know, their Christian spouses and parents are required to offer the obedience of faith, which means 
there was an old there was an old show we used to watch. Well, if God said it, I believe it, right? That's the obedience of faith, right? If if this is the way God has, even if it looks crazy, even if it looks like there's no way, there is a way because He's said there's a way. So I always used to say when we ended up with six kids in less than six years. When I would get discouraged, I would say, Lord, I don't know what you see in me because I'm a mess. But but it's the people that are a mess that need help. You know, I'm not talking for Stephanie. I'm talking for me. Right. That that, that where he's able to show his great power. Like, well, if that like again, like those babysitters, I think saw, well, if they can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> so um, anyway, keep moving. It, it's funny. Um, he goes through the very preparation for marriage um, is itself a journey of faith, which is kind of rediscovering and deepening their faith about what uh, the baptism is they prepare to, to enter into their vocation. So that's a, that's an important part of that. Um, the celebrant of sacrament, celebration of the sacrament is the basic moment of the faith of the couple. Meaning that's, that's concretely when they say, okay, I understand what we're getting into to the best that I can understand it. Nobody can fully understand it at the moment, but they're taking a step, a leap of faith, so to speak, and do that. It's it, and so they work through it. But this profession of faith, so it must also be a profession of faith within and with the church as a community of believers on the part of those who, in different ways, participate in its celebration. But then I think this is really, really cool. So the profession of faith demands that it be prolonged in li- in the life of the married couple and the family. So it's not in that moment. It's something that goes on throughout time. But listen to this, God who called the couple to marriage. So, hey, you didn't choose each other. God called you two to come together, continues to call them in marriage. And here's here's the great in and through the events, the problems, the difficulties and circumstances of everyday day life. God comes to them, revealing and presenting, presenting the concrete demands of their sharing in the love of Christ for his church in the particular family and social and ecclesial situation in which they find themselves. It reminds me of like Esther, you know, the Mm. book of Esther, if you go back for such a time as this, right, right. You know, he's, she's, she's at the point where she's like, I'm, I can't handle this. And he says, maybe God for such a time as this has put you in this situation. I'm here to tell you what John Paul II is saying at this moment is if you're in this situation, married, children, struggles, difficulties, whatever those things are, doesn't matter. It's God who's calling you. Those situations are the situations through which he is going to make you more holy, sanctify you more, make you a better witness, and be able to evangelize. So anyway, I think we're not going to get through all this. I'm really kind of bummed, but... um, but we'll we'll do it. Here's another. The parents not only communicate the gospel to their children, this is the next section, but from their children, they can themselves receive the same gospel as deep, deeply lived by them. And that's the part of the mystery of parenthood. We always think that we're like the ones delivering the message, right? That we're the teachers, that we're the one, the formers. We're the mystery is, is while we're forming them, they can be forming us. Yeah, for sure. Right? I mean, and, you know, as they get older, I had a couple call me out on the way I handle the situation, and they were dead on right, right? That, and when they're younger, they can do things that, that make you realize, as a child of God, that you are acting very similar to the child <laughs> that you're getting frustrated with for the way they're acting, Right? And and so it is this revel, revelation that goes through that. Um, you want to jump down to um, page forty five where he talks talks about marriage and the Eucharist. Oh yeah, I know. We need. I, we may have to spend one more on this because that that was all. Yeah. So I mean, he goes on the you know that. Um, Christian family sanctifying role is grounded in baptism and has its highest expression in the Eucharist. And this is actually moving into beyond, because he's talking about, at this point, the priestly office, the offering of one's life day to day, and the unique relationship between the Eucharist is what he says, and marriage by requesting the marriage normally to be celebrated within the Mass um, to, to understand better and live more intensely the graces and responsibilities of Christian life and family life. What happens in the Mass 
the representation of the perfect sacrifice of Christ, his, his obedience, his yes, his total self-gift for the sake of the other, this is my body given for you, is the essence of married life, right? Yeah. yeah. And so we have to make that tie. It's not just something we do as a family. It's a place where we actually get the lived experience of participating in the reality of Christ's self-gift made present in, again in that Mass so that we might learn how to give again. Yeah, they're sharing in the body of Christ that is given up and in his blood that is shed becomes a never-ending source of missionary and apostolic dynamism for the Christian family. Right, and in this sacrifice, Christian spouses encounter the sacrifice of the Mass— Christian spouses encounter the source from which their own marriage covenant flows is entirely structured and continuously renewed. So getting to mass, getting to mass and being full conscious, active participant in the mass is very important for actually living out your own faith vows because you're actually participating in the love that is meant to kind of be poured out into your life and into your family. We ran out of time. I thought we did relatively well. We we covered a lot we of ground. We covered a lot of ground. We did a good I, job. We're gonna we'll wrap it up next year. It'll be the last. It'll be the first and the last of this. We'll get to it first. next year. But anyway, next year. Hey, I hope all this was helpful. Um, I wish you a Merry Christmas because you hear this before, and I um, and a Happy New Year. May God bless you and keep you. So, um, as we always say, only God can take the mystery out of parenthood. Pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you, and he will. God bless you guys. Bye.